I ate some good things. I read a good book. Do you want to talk about that? No! It's springtime. Uh, it's not. You wouldn't say it's summer? You wouldn't categorize it as a summer mode? Um, I look outside, it's 60 degrees. Yeah, that's spring. But the roses are blooming. I've I was this big rose bush. It's blooming madly. I was I was just I brought up spring so that I could praise your bower. It is a bower. I'm very proud of my bower. Uh, planted it three years ago, and it it was unbower like for several years. And I thought, what a dud! And then <laughs> it uh, sprung to life. Now it's about 15 feet tall. Climbed up the side of the, I know it's not technically a trellis, but I call it a trellis. It's trellish. The structure around the gate. And uh, it's, it's wrapped around. It's, 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 a, it's entwined with the clematis uh-huh. on the other side. Like, uh, like, two tra- like the souls of two tragic lovers in an old ballad. <laughs> and it gives me great joy. I look out. I see it. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, people can't walk by without stopping to smile and sigh, yeah, and, and think of their uh, uh, have a little inner life moment. Does the does the sigh do the sighs wake you up at night as they pause and sigh? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. So I'm not getting a lot of sleep. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna cut that fucking thing down. <laughs> Uh, the sounds of our neighborhood are uh, are in full swing now that the weather is fine and the window is open at night. What are those sounds? Well, there's the Jolly Gals, who are our next-door neighbors, a group of Ithaca College uh, students whose yeah. laughter is both charming and irritating. Are um, they drinking wine and playing cards? Uh, no, I think they're just sitting on the porch uh, shooting the breeze. Um, they're actually very nice, and I well, think better they're... the better the breeze than heroin. <laughs> okay, well put. Yeah, um, uh, I assume they're about to move away because they've they graduated from college. But um, and uh, Stephanie said, "Well, I won't I, I won't miss them. They're very loud." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> we might miss them." <laughs> <laughs> you never know who's going to replace the jolly gals. Yeah, the Jolly Boys. The Jolly well, Boys. The, the Proud Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't move in. <laughs> Definitely don't replace the Jolly Gals with the Proud Boys. Yeah. Uh, and they're in half a double. They're in a duplex with um, some young men who live on the other half that are a bunch of musicians. I think they're also Ithaca College students because they're always banging away on the piano. Um, yeah. They're actually – as Clarinet and xylophone. Yeah. No, <laughs> just the piano. Um, every once in a while, one of them uh, marches off to give lessons to young people. Um, they're actually the whole house is very is very charming. And, Sounds pretty jolly. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it, but yeah. noisy. So there's them. They have a uh, the jolly gals have a cat named Walter, and so um, and they got the cat. And I think I think when you get a new cat, if you're if it's going to be an outdoor cat, you kind of have to acclimate it to the house first so that it's it feels safest in the house and it will come home quickly. It knows where home is. It knows where home is, yeah. exactly. And they didn't yeah. do this. So the early weeks of Walter um, were filled with a lot of fretting, a lot of missing Walter. And mm-hmm. 
it's it calmed down. I think Walter has realized that home is where the the kibble is. Um, but uh, usually, very late at night, they're out there yelling for him. Walter, Walter. Walter. I can't believe you let Walter out. <laughs> it's not very jolly of you. <laughs> uh, and then there's the guy who is always shouting at his uh, wife and child. But then yesterday he took a break from that to shout at a dog. Oh, good. I think he good. was trying to train it, and mm-hmm. he, he was just yelling at it in the middle of the road. <laughs> the dog looked very puzzled mm-hmm. and ashamed, but it, not sure of what it was supposed to be ashamed about. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's the sound of birds and the, the breeze mm-hmm. through the leaves of the trees. That's right. The, the majestic parrots, mm-hmm. the eagles, uh, ostriches. Mm-hmm. Um, Avithika. Always <laughs> oh, the, the ostrich there. thumping around out there. <laughs> Stomping. Looking for a patch of sand. Uh, put its head in. Exactly. Yeah. I know the feeling, yeah. buddy. Yeah. yeah. No, you have, uh, you have uh, I don't know what you got. You got grackles? You got robins? We got robins. Blue jays? We got blue jays. Mm-hmm. We got cardinals. We got your your basic finches and wrens and, and sparrows. got a house finch and a crows. I don't know what a purple finch. That might be a western bird. House house finch. Purple finch. House finch, purple finch. They both have a little bit of purple on them. House finch is a little redder. So my in-laws. Oh, yeah. Purple uh, finch is. Yeah. Through Ithaca. You're right. Yeah. I was going to ask you. It's on my list of things to ask you about. How did they they had a lovely they had a lovely trip. They spent several days in Philadelphia. Um, Sure. Although they, they, I asked them if they went to this and that, and they said they didn't because the lines were too long. Uh, yeah. So they, uh, uh, and I asked them where they ate. They said they didn't. They didn't eat much. I'm not really sure what they did. I'm not sure that they went to Philadelphia. <laughs> I asked them you know, if they had any water. They, said, they didn't know what I was talking about. They didn't hear any distinctive accents. Did they get a hoagie with their friend Dawn? I don't think so. Uh, so, uh, but they 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 seem to have enjoyed it. They liked the barns, oh, the good. barns museum, and sure. also barns full of hay and <laughs> yeah. cows. They liked that. They liked seeing that all the cows were in barns. Yeah, and the hay was also there. Sure. They enjoyed the Finger Lakes, whichever fingers they went to, and they enjoyed Ithaca. They uh, liked your art museum on campus. Yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. And they liked walking around. They didn't. Uh, they didn't have too much to report. That's fine. Except for except for pleasantness. The thing is, I don't really want to hear about people's vacations. So those who don't have much to say about their vacations are usually fine with me. I like to hear if something's gone terribly wrong. Like yeah. when they went to <laughs> yes. they went to uh, Ontario or Quebec a few years ago. And uh, my father-in-law got a tick, and being from Portland, they'd never experienced ticks, and so There's they no thought ticks it was a, in Portland? a major medical emergency. Went to the emergency room, and uh, and really could not be convinced that it was a very minor <laughs> thing <laughs> to get a tick. Yeah, well, I like hearing about things gone wrong. I will, in their defense, I do, I do feel like there is something viscerally disturbing about a a parasite that can be seen with the naked eye. Your ticks t- are gross. Your ticks tick, are totally gross. You're a leech. Leeches are, are gross. These are gross. 
So, but they're not emergencies. No, but I can understand. Leaks might even be that, beneficial. So. <laughs> yeah, it might feed right. you a little bit if you have some uh, evil humors. Yeah, it can it can help correct the bile <laughs> balance by taking out some of the sanguine energies. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, so I, I was I was I was glad that they went to these places, but I wish that they uh, had. Uh, allowed me to make an itinerary for them and that they had followed it precisely and reported. Are you saying that they did not listen to the previous episode of our podcast while driving around? They didn't, they didn't listen to the podcast and they didn't go to the Mooner museum because I described it to them. (laughs) (laughs) Big mistake. And they didn't go out. They didn't visit you. No, they didn't knock on your door. They didn't go out to media to visit Dean. (laughs) <laughs> they didn't uh, do do any of the things. They didn't go visit uh, Liz and Joey. They didn't, uh, you know. Yeah, they All had their the, own. They had their own things to do. Why didn't they want to? Why didn't they want to visit with their son-in-law's <laughs> musician and writer friends? Is my question. I know. <laughs> I guess I would have liked to have taken this trip. Yeah, I would, I would like. To, I would like you to have done days so. In Philadelphia. And, and pop into Ithaca for a few days. Yeah. And these are things that I will do. Sure. I just hadn't wasn't doing them that week. Isn't there a Philly AWP somewhere in the future? Oh, there should be. Um, has there been? I have been to Philadelphia. I've never been there for, for AWP. They should have it. They may have it. I don't uh, – there's no way to know. <laughs> That's that <is> false. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> this year it's in San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. I already have my tickets because yeah, my you, book was coming out, and I didn't think I'd have any money, and so I, <coughs> I went ahead and used the little money I had to buy a, a plane ticket. No, uh, no, I think that's I think that's uh, that's fair. But now let me let me add to that that I now have a job for next year, although I don't want to go into the specifics because the ink isn't dry. Yeah, but a lot of that a lot of that angst. Um, yeah, and in in worry is is now uh, you know in the process of being redirected towards something new that I don't even know will provide anxiety and depression. <laughs> I'm eager to find out. It's gonna it's gonna be a blast. What costume the monster is going to wear next. So uh, Kansas City is 2021 and Philly is 2022. Okay, so that's fine. Those are those are good. That's I can handle both of those places. Yeah, and I've never been to KC. Um, oh, KC's fine. Yeah, um, but I, I yeah I, I'll be at the I'll be at the San Antonio one, and I'll I'll have to make a reservation at the whatever whatever a weird hotel you have you've deemed appropriate. I can tell you what it is in a second. Um, will your book be out at that time? Uh, I don't think it will be out, but I do think that there will be bound galleys and. Uh, um, I think I'll have opportunity to do some promotional stuff with Grey Wolf. So I am planning on going there. Um, also, I have uh, this chapbook coming out from Barrel House over the summer. And uh, if they want, I'll go and hawk some, hawk some of that at their booth at, uh, uh, at the conference. So. Tell me a little bit about that. I forgot. It's the, um, it's the mistranslations and meeting notes like experimental prose poemy things that had been in the story collection until I was told by multiple people they didn't really belong there. Um, oh, right. So I took them out, put them together, and um, and uh, started casting about for someplace else to put them. 
Um, and uh, Barrel House agreed to do it as a chapbook. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do I'm going to do a couple of promotional dates for them in August, uh, along with Adam O'Fallon Price, my old bandmate, uh, who has a new novel coming out called Never Sink Hotel. About a and a great great story in uh, Harper's last month. Oh yeah, yeah, that's from the book. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I love that story. It was nice. It had it had that story, which is fantastic, and then it had the, the first chapter essay of my friend Justin Taylor's. Oh great! Next book, which was was in there also. What's it about? Always Justin's book. Oh, it's about uh, um, the the death of one's father. The the, the recent. Um, uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a character study of the father and the family, and then the self, um, you know, dealing with. With that, that was very interesting, um, very interesting family, and Good. Justin's a really great writer. The article here is called uh, "What It Means to Be Alive: Decoding a Father's Farewell," and uh, I will be sure to read that. It involves a suicide attempt. Um, and uh, a sort of a, a consciously or unconsciously coded message in um, in instructions on what to do with his record collection. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. It's excellent. It's 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 also very sad, of course. Uh, yeah, no doubt. But he's such a fine writer. Um, yeah, I, I know him the- uh, only as a as a Twitter personality, and uh, I really should. This might be a good opportunity to. Uh, to read his work. I know him as a real personality <laughs> who, who, um, who leaped ahead several friendships in uh, taking me to go see the Neil Young concert a few weeks ago. Really? Where he had, he had, uh, had an extra ticket. Oh, boy. Yeah, he leapfrogged um, several, several spaces on the list. <laughs> really vaulting Why? to the what top. Is he, what does he want out of you? I don't know. <laughs> So what kind of it wasn't a crazy horse show it was a it was a just Neil show Neil solo yeah. solo on uh the stage uh surrounded by uh, a kind of game of thrones of uh throne of of guitars um and a banjo six string banjo and two pianos and a pump organ and he would just sort of wander around the stage and pick up a guitar or look at a piano and and think about what to play. And then he would start to play something kind of pro forma. And then it would become a, a, a really amazing emotional performance oh. for the middle 80% of the song. And then it would end kind of <laughs> because, you know, he knew how to end it. Yeah. Uh, but and I, I don't I don't care that much about Neil Young, but then every song that he played had you know had I did have some emotional attachment to because it's just been in my life. Yeah, my the the analogous experience for me was uh, when we did our episode at Bumbershoot uh, mm-hmm. a number of years ago. I went on a whim with my, my you know my my all access pass to see Heart, right. the rock band, thinking yeah. I was not a fan of Heart, but why not? Yeah, yeah. And Barracuda. Every damn song was an absolute banger. Like, I, it, 
if any of these songs had come on the radio, I would have immediately told you, oh yeah, of course, this song, it's by heart, and then I would have been able to sing it. But in my head, I would not have been able to name so many heart songs. But there are a ton of them, and they're all very good. Yeah. Yeah. So Analogous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, that sounds, like a, it sounds like a lovely evening. It was a lovely evening. It's a good show. Good seats. Yeah. Um, so those are some books to look forward to. The New Yorker also had the first, I guess it's the uh, first chapter month, first chapter of uh, Ben Lerner's new novel, uh, The Topeka School. Yep. What did you think? A few weeks ago. Well, I've read it oh, of course. as it's developed. And uh, so I think it's fantastic. Um, and I liked seeing it there. I thought it stood alone very well. Um, and I got my galleys for it. It's a, it's a, it's so good. Excellent. It's so good. I hope, I hope that Topekans read it and, um, have and are upset by it. That's the hope. (laughs) But there's a big, you know, big problem with that is the beginning part of that sentence of Topekans reading it. (laughs) I mean, Topekans are, I'm not saying Topekans aren't readers. I just don't think they'll even hear of it. Yeah, yeah. Despite the title. Um, I'll, uh, yeah. I'm linking to it in the notes. Uh, I'm going back to Topeka next week. I'll be back in Topeka, Kansas, capital of Kansas. What will you be doing there? Pop one nineteen thousand. I will be visiting my father, and, uh, bringing along my son. Mm-hmm. And uh, last few years I've gone, it's been a hundred degrees or more during our visits and so we've been mostly just trapped inside um velcro to the air conditioner Mm -hmm. because i no longer know how to be that hot (laughs) and this year i think it'll it'll be fine it's supposed to be nicer everything's flooding um i was back a few months ago and i think the house chores that i needed would have otherwise done this month are done so I think we'll just uh, enjoy ourselves, luxuriate <laughs> in Topeka, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that sounds wonderful. Um, I have uh, no such plans. Yeah, for the most part, to go to Topeka or elsewhere. Well, I'm sorry. That's, that's uh, you can come to Topeka if you want. I like I like to be here. I like to be here in my office. Yeah. I routed, I've been routing. That office is, it's Topeka for you. It's my Topeka. It's my personal yeah. Topeka. Um, I've been routing cables, finding holes. One thing I like about a rental house is finding the holes other people have drilled oh, to, yeah. to, 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 to uh, you know, sneak some cables through. Yeah. Um, and I've tried to hide them. Sometimes behind a bit of baseboard, sometimes in a corner, sometimes mm. like alongside a heating duct. Uh, yeah. You'll find that someone has wedged something, has yeah. uh, MacGyvered a little a little aperture. You can put a, taste, down a tasteful nagel print over, <laughs> over a hole in the wall. <laughs> you totally could. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason being I'm, I, uh, I'm due for a new computer. One of the perks of my job is that... Um, uh, Cornell will subsidize a new computer. So it's been five years due for a new one. Will Cornell buy you a robot? 
is there a robot fund? I mean, it's a well-established college. Um, there should be a robot fund. I bet I could make it happen. Professors. Yeah. So look into it, would you? Yeah. If you can't, if you, if the university can't supply you with a robot, <laughs> I would like to know in writing why not. Let me let me schedule a meeting with the dean. Yeah. Where's my robot? I'm a professor. <laughs> I need a robot. It's 2019, Deanie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And then you see he'll say, "Well, we don't we don't have anything like that." But then you'll kind of hear like a little scuffling from like the corner of the office, and you'll look, and there'll be a uh, like a really good robot. He's got it's the Cornell box. logo on it. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, we don't have that. And the robot's trying not to speak. It's a, it's a lot of AI. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to follow the, the robot protocol. Like, first, like, don't kill people. Um, and then, um, you know, the other iRobot things. Like, uh, 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 speak up when somebody's telling a lie. Yeah. I think. And, and, uh, and obey the dean. And so he's trying to, struggling with all of these. Yeah. In his complex circuitry. Which is weirdly hydraulic, and <laughs> and so so like little bits of water like squeezing, it's like like a um, split orfing off of the side as he's, he's trying not to speak, covering his speaker box with his claw. And his claw. <laughs> it's not, it's you know it's a prototype, and that'll be the dean's <laughs> explanation. In the end, is that uh, uh, just bear with him. They're working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, in fact, pretty soon all students will also get robots. Yeah, there's no question. And will be replaced by robots. Will the robots have robots or will the the robots who are, ser- who are serving the students will become the new Well, you'll students. notice then that the, the dean is sort of repeating himself. Like there's a glitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sorry, uh, uh, John, you're um, – but uh, remember our next department meeting, our next department meeting, our next department meeting, mm-hmm. our next department meeting, and then you'll kick him, and you'll say, "Why'd you kick me?" Yeah, and uh, then you'll get fired for kicking the dean. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, there was a time when that seemed like a very, uh, a very plausible future for me, <laughs> but that that time has passed because you don't believe in robots. Mm, well, whether we, they're they're real, no matter what we think, sadly. Yeah, but yeah, robots uh, believe in you, John. Because I've been snaking cable, my hair is full of uh, um, what hair I have is full of uh, cobwebs and and the carcasses of dead bugs, uh, marmorated stink bugs. You think, or I'm thinking no, but who you know, maybe. Sugar ants? Oh, boy, you've had some sugar ant issues, haven't no. you? You know, I, I applied some uh, some sealant, and it, uh, uh, it, 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 uh, it seems to have trapped and probably entombed the uh, sugar ants in this. Oh, congratulations. Maybe they're just building sealant. up back there with higher and higher pressure. Yeah. It'll pour out like blood in the elevator of The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> From our elevator. Because we have an elevator. Uh, hey, by the way, speaking of um, speaking of uh, uh, Cornell University of Robots, 
uh, I delivered my, I wrote and delivered my commencement address. Yeah. I think it, think it went all right. Can you give us a little taste? I was really, I was, I was really down on it the night before, but basically, I decided to address rather than address the students who had their shit together. I would address the students who felt that they did not and felt that that was a problem and that yeah. they were fall, already falling behind as some of their classmates were dashing ahead to the next success. This was all of the like arts and humanities? No, 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 just, just, just English. Department of English. Yeah, just English. So it was our whatever hundred majors and uh, the MFAs and PhD students. Only so you two- were speaking – you were speaking to the majority. I was speaking to the majority, yeah. And there are parents who come to this thing. Yeah. This is like, I think it's a, it's a popular event because the we we're a big university. Our commencement is in a stadium. It's huge, and uh, this is a little bit more intimate. We fill a hall though with uh, adoring families of these smart young people. So I tried to be amusing and told them they should. You know, don't, uh, you know, they should commit to finding what they're best at and trying to do it. And that their English degree will come in handy for them someday in unexpected ways. And um, they should, they should uh, transform themselves into uh, uh, badasses, but they don't have to have already figured out what they. Well, that's good. That's good advice. So then I was walking. interrupt you and say, uh, uh, let me get a pencil. I'm going to write this down. At any point today, no. hold you up and say, "Just a second, let me." Uh, yeah, just a sec. No, you have a pen. They borrow a pen from you, the I, speaker. I think the moms and dads liked it more than the the students did, um, because it was a very dad kind of speech. Yeah, um, and it will be okay. Just keep at it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Okay. And then I was walking back. Uh, it was a beautiful sunny day. I was walking back in my cap and gown to the to the English department to put my, put my gear back in its, uh, in, in its, you know, wardrobe sack for another Is there a year. special closet for caps and gowns? <laughs> yeah. It's like the gun rack in the matrix. Uh, I entered yeah. bullet time and, yeah. uh, and I, uh, put away my, my, uh, cap and gown and I fell into step with uh, a colleague of mine, probably the, person I'm closest with personally in the department. And she, uh, she let me know in no uncertain terms that she hated my commencement speech <laughs> and that it, it made no sense. And what sense it yeah. did make, she vehemently disagreed with. Had you been asked to uh, give the speech over this colleague? No, although she has given it in the past very well. I think she's very good. Uh, she's a very good raconteur. Um, but I got asked to do it this year, and uh, um, but it's kind of it's kind of her brand to to yeah. be contrarian, jollily contrarian. John, wonderful speech. It was terrible. <laughs> Lovely to see you. Hope to never see you again. Awful, <laughs> nasty, terrible stuff. Flawed person. I love you with qualification. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, good. Do you think uh, you'll be asked to do it every year? I hope not. Uh, well, it was, it was, I was very anxious about it. I was very anxious about it. Well, I'm glad you. It's, it's an honor to be asked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
it's it, more of an honor to be asked from a like a department or a small group that you're a part of. Sure. Than even something larger, right? Because these are people who know you. Uh, not people who are taking yeah. a gamble on you. Yeah. Well, you're always taking a gamble. And it's on easier me, but... to gamble. There's <laughs> even a thrill to gambling <laughs> than than to uh, actually make such a decision. I suppose so. Well, very cool. Yeah. Uh, did you? Did you say that you got to wear a, a, a different sort of cap and gown than you were normally entitled to? As a result? No. I just have a standard black gown with my University of Montana sash. And mm-hmm. I've just been maroon. wearing... What's that? Which is maroon colored, I think, right? Yeah, with, and gold. It's like maroon, maroon gold. something like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's a reference to the metals mined in Montana or something. Anyway... Uh, but I don't, I have a normal – I just have the same hat that the students do. It's the same mortarboard that the students do. But some of my colleagues, the PhDs, have, all have special hats. Oh, they have the hats. Oh. Yeah. Some have like yeah. a – like a like a, ones that are floppy or puffy or eight Yeah, eight my friend TR or, wears a puffy hat yeah. to his. So I'm thinking I, – I threaten to do this every year and then graduation season – uh, passes and I f- forget about it because who thinks about graduation season at other times of year? Um, but I I really want to make my own hat, unique graduation hat mm. um, that describe, is a shape. Describe the hat. Uh, well, I was thinking of, fi- of a five cornered hat, but maybe that's not outlandish enough. I was trying to say, I think what that would be in French. I had to count to five in French language. <laughs> That's what were you doing? To, to yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you? Ma- okay. So what is it? No. No. I, I don't, I'm not confident enough. My pronunciation. <laughs> a five. Um, okay. So five cornered hat. Yeah. Maybe with a, a um, party pentatuk. party colored. It's called uh, a pentatuk. Oh yeah, a pentatuk. Yeah. Tuk. Tuk. Like oh, a pentatuk. <laughs> I'm seeing what that the pent- Pentateuch, layers layers, the Pentateuch Pentateuch means simply five books Well the Pentateuch is uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, right. Deuteronomy A.K.A. the Torah So, uh, But I like it as a, as a the, Pente- the Pentateuch The Pentateuch would be the five-cornered hat yeah. That's good with a fuzzy ball on it, and it would um, that would also uh, it would also sort of slyly represent my aspirational Jewishness yeah. <laughs> at the same time. That's People perfect. Get that. <laughs> everyone that hat. Yeah, everyone would take one look. The, the, wit, the levels of wits and puns <laughs> and spirituality <laughs> before you even open your mouth to explain it, which you would also have to do. Yeah, of course. In fact, when they saw the hat, they would understand. Yep, you've frozen. Endure. What? Say it again. You froze. I know. I didn't freeze. <laughs> I was perfectly confident in my small joke. <laughs> but it didn't pass through the ether to me. I didn't hear it. I'll let that. I'll let that be a, a sign. <laughs> the machine. Stephanie yeah. got a, a giant. Uh, got on Amazon.com. She got this giant book called uh, the. 
the I think it's called the big the big book of Jewish humor. The Leo Rostin book? Rostin book from um, the seventies? Yeah, this is the 25th anniversary edition, though. No, edited and annotated by William Novak and Moshe okay. Waldox. Right. Um, Bill Rosen did the uh, Joys of Yiddish books. Oh, all right. Yeah, the book is um, <laughs> the book is kind of sexist. Most of the jokes are about people's annoying wives, no. uh, but it's pretty amusing. Um, it's become a. It's a. It's. A, I, I was treated to a dramatic reading of uh, some of the jokes uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear any? I'd like to hear three. All right, hold on. I'm going to go get the book. But I remember this. I'll, I'll go ahead and keep talking. Yeah, do it. I loved. Uh, um, I loved this book and the joys of Yiddish. Uh, they were, but they were connected because we're not Jewish. A lot of our neighbors were. Uh, but they were connected on my shelf, at least in time period, with the book of lists and the uh, uh, those sort of compendiums of uh, of information and and jokes that were uh, very much of their weird little time. <clears throat> I'm back. I'm eager to hear later today what you said while I was gone. Um, okay, this is very strange. The big book of Jewish humor is missing. Uh, I don't know where it's gone to maybe maybe she's bringing it with her to work um so that yeah. I, so that I don't, I don't get too funny for my own good while she's out of the house yeah you haven't yet earned full access to the book <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can be read to from it some of the jokes are uh, there's i think there's a whole section about uh helm it's a it's a folkloric place uh full of fools mm-hmm. and uh people there's lots of jokes about men misunderstanding things. It's also the foundation for the Neil Simon play, Fools. Oh, which is it? takes place in this town. Yep. Speaking of which, can I, we talk about my uh, favorite tweet of the day? Yes, you sent, you sent it to me. As, as you know, I am not on the um, Twitter. No. But even as a non-Twitterer, I do have access to it. And so I was able to see the tweet yeah. that, that you sent and then also get some context Yeah, <laughs> and was quickly reminded why I hate people <laughs> and this medium. Yeah. Um, this, this, this is, uh, well, I got to type that why I hate people and this medium. It's, uh, it's good. Uh, yeah, this guy, I, I don't follow him. I've never heard of him. Um, but seeing someone tweet this hilarious tweet into my feed, um, into my stream, I looked him up. He has a a website called Goldmund Unleashed. He's a it's uh, like a pickup tricks kind yeah of guy yeah. yeah he he says he calls himself an artist and a best selling author. His the his bio says. Goldmund is an artist from New York City. He is a best-selling author, holds an MA from Columbia, and has been featured in several documentary films. Impressive, huh? And it's all I, about... I, th- I, I was looking through it. I, I think he's probably made up. Um, yeah. I don't think you want to be featured in documentary films. Yeah, and it leaves a lot open to the imagination in terms of what... Like, were they nature documentaries? <laughs> 
And you're a zebra? <laughs> Being eaten by a lion. A liger. Oh, I'd like to, I'd love to see some footage of a fool being eaten by a liger. Although I, I, I think I think of the liger as a kind of foolish animal and that it wouldn't know quite how to eat a person. <laughs> uh, no doubt it could kill one. But then it would get kind of caught up in like what's the proper method of do I do it like a tiger would or like a lion would? Right. And then as it's thinking about that, uh, a jackal comes in and you know grabs the corpse and takes it away. So the, the liger in this liger just going Hey man, that's no fair. <laughs> He's the Jackal the liger fight. is the the wise cat of Helm. Yeah, yeah. Do you have the joke before you? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I've, I've you've always had a fascination with ligers. weren't weren't there weren't there escaped ligers in the Missoula area at one point? Someone's game farm was breached. Not, but not when we were in Missoula. But the the farms, the farm was in, uh, uh, or the facility was in uh, Idaho somewhere. <laughs> the facility. And the twice uh, <laughs> the, the ligers escaped. Well, it was the lions and the tigers and the ligers escaped. <laughs> and sure. they were able to. They were able to. This. Oh well. Uh, this is again. Maybe it's more of the wise than the fool. Is yeah. that they were able to recapture. Uh, the lions and tigers, but the liger, there were a couple of ligers that were elusive. <laughs> the e-ligers were elusive. <laughs> e-ligers. Uh, uh, well, they were eventually recaptured. Um, captured the imagination ah, of, the of, a, of a young poet, days. of a young poet named Edward Skoog. Yeah. This is his story. The ligers were captured, but the spirit of the of the liger. I, I remember you telling me at the time that you imagined that they were gray. <laughs> gray, yeah. Well, like like the like some of the off plates of Blake's The Tiger, where or other there's the sort of panthers and tigers and other yeah. Blake illustrations in which it looks a little kind of a human face, and it's kind of uh, does not. I, I think it's quite clear that. William Blake never saw a tiger mm-hmm. uh, up close and personal. Yeah, despite his boasts. <laughs> Caught you, Mister Tiger Man. <laughs> so, uh, so Blake is, of course, a great poet. Uh, one of the, uh, and certainly part of the inspiration. F- um, Seventy years later, or so for uh, Walt Whitman. Who you said you saw a tweet about? Oh, well done, well done. Way to bring it back. Way to way to nip it, nip at that Ouroboros tail. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, so this guy, the the men's rightsy dating creative genius fellow, um, yeah. says there's a picture of Walt Whitman, and the tweet reads, <laughs> "Walt Whitman would have mopped the floor with these millennials and their SJW leaning ways." Real poets are confident men who explore the world for universal truth. They aren't navel-gazing, gender-bent hipsters wallowing in confusion. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. It's got to be tongue-in-cheek because for obvious reasons. It's such a perfect self-own that you can't imagine that it is real. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I have my doubts one way or another. Um, but it is good literary Twitter clickbait, and I, I'm delighted by it in every way. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, a couple of anniversaries going on. There's the uh, bicentennial of of uh, Whitman's birth. Is that what we just celebrated? Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. I think that, that's why Whitman was, was uh, being mentioned. Oh, all right. Um. And I uh, read lots, you know, was subjected to lots of, uh, there was some things on the radio and some things in print. In the radio? About Whitman. And uh, none of them seemed to have, to resemble the Whitman that I read uh-huh. uh, in the same way as this tweet does not. <laughs> and, uh, but also made me think Whitman, not so great. Uh, interesting. Interesting. That's my hot take on Whitman is eh, maybe not so great. Yeah. Well. I don't know. For the for, for the for what reasons? It's a lot of fluff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some good some good zings, some good lines. It's not often. A little showy. He's a little, a little showy. showy. A little showy. A little showy. A lot of words. Uh, not a lot of new marks. topics introduced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He jumps around. Yeah. I don't know. I love him. I love... I, 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 I love... But I have to say that the, the Whitman poems that, that that mean the most to me are some of his, his shorter poems. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I saw in Louisiana, Live Oak Growing. Um. Uh, in, in so the shorter poems, I don't, I don't necessarily f- find my spirit uh, sailing into the uh, arbors and the ether from the big operatic poems that are supposed to. I have felt that. I have felt them mm-hmm. before, but I don't know if I find that anymore. Um, and well, it's it's connected a little bit with. It just you know, just like the the current times have kind of taken the shine off everything. Yeah, you know, um, and I don't uh, anything that celebrates anything. I I uh, I'm skeptical of any any anything any, anybody who's <laughs> who's trying to convince me that things are good. I'm like, yeah, tell your story, Walken. Tell your story, Christopher Walken. <laughs> you know, then yeah. he starts telling his story. I was like, we heard this. The other anniversary, of course, is today. Yesterday and today is the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Yes. Which I, you know, grew up and, you know, I've, I've thought a lot about and thought about it because my grandfather was a historian mm-hmm. uh, who was who landed at D-Day, D-Day oh. plus one, one day after, uh, coming ashore with his typewriter, which is right here. No kidding. This typewriter was at D-Day. He carried this typewriter wow. ashore. This typewriter. Which wow. Is in, this looks like a box. There's a typewriter inside of it. And a camera and recording equipment. And uh, was part of the histor- a core of historians, young mm-hmm. PhD historians. You got the other stuff too? The camera, the recording equipment? Do you have his material? No, I have some of the material? photographs. Yeah. I have some of the photographs he took. One of my brothers has the journal that he kept. Wow. And you know he's you know for the army and helped write the the official history. 
and you know immediately was interviewing um you know firsthand interviews with with soldiers and support people his specialty was logistics mm-hmm. how to get things from place to place like a typewriter like a typewriter and uh so after compiling material 28 volume history of the war for the army wrote a book that you could still buy in the bookstore there at the Normandy Museum, Utah Beach to Cherbourg, detailing it all. Roland G. Rupenthal. Let's look that up. Um, and, you know, he was, uh, you know, was, was there for the, uh, the opening of the Eisenhower Presidential Museum, which I've spent time at and, and wrote my for my first attempt at a novel was set at the Eisenhower Museum, and, uh, and so I've read read a lot and, and and thought a lot and been connected to D Day and its more meaning and significance, which I think is profound. But it all just seems so brutally tarnished, and this sickens me to see Donald Trump there talking about it. Of course. It just seems like a complete repudiation of everything that the the memory of this event stands for. And, you know, so well, you know, hang it up, D-Day, hang it up, Walt Whitman. Yeah. Well, all right. Anything else positive going on? <laughs> Way to bring it down, man. Well, I, re- I, I ate some good things i read a good book do you want to talk about that no (laughs) we had we had a celebration dinner last night yeah do tell um it was of this job that i got uh so we thought we'd go out and uh celebrate so we went to tokyo table Mm -hmm. t-o-k-i-o tokyo table on Division Street here in Portland, a Japanese steakhouse. Okay. I had bunches. I had the seafood special, scallops, shrimp, calamari. Jill had a spicy chicken. We didn't get the steak at the steakhouse. No. I guess we should have. Didn't feel like a steak. I felt no, like so the seafood you know, sometimes, special. Sometimes you don't want a steak. So, but you didn't get. Did you? I see in the picture here that there's there are hibachi, uh, hibachi. Uh, it was hibachi. Stoves. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so uh, so the young man um, came and prepared it all in front of us. Did all the knife work? Love and it. I love flipping it. things around and the uh, chop, chop, chop. Mm-hmm. Uh, made a made an onion steam like a volcano. Yeah, that's the stuff. Uh, yeah, um, it was like watching a. I remember watching a a postman do make a. a I had to send something certified mail mm-hmm. many years ago. When there was still a postal service, and um, and it was clear that the 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 the, the clerk at the counter this was not a wild there had been you know training on how to put together a certified letter, mm-hmm. and he had not been asked to do so for a long time, and so he was like pulling out his his old you know his old skills that nobody yeah. had had had, uh, had had needed, but now he. He could demonstrate it one last time. Sure. You know, and it was a beautiful thing watching the clerk 
make a piece of certified mail because there's a lot of folding. You're making it sound like he committed like special seppuku after doing it. And then he just disappeared. <laughs> Poof. And then I, well, then I said his real name and he tore himself in half. Yeah. Uh, yep. But I think the letter still got through. And it was, it was something like that, just watching this guy um, do it. I had the feeling that he was new at it, uh-huh. which, which increased the nervousness as the knives are flying around the room. It's like, is this his first time doing this? How many kills do they get before they get fired? <laughs> is it, you'd think it might be one, but then, uh, you know, it might be three. Yep, yep. You know, and it might be unlimited. Oh, that happens to be the number of uh, people in your family. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was very cool. It was, the, the, the food was okay. Yeah. It wasn't great. It was fine. But the experience, 100% A+. plus. Great. Yeah, I, lo- and, I, and good I love Good celebration sort of uh, event. It's so corny. I, I adore yeah. it. I adore the performance. It. You got a juggler yeah. and a chef at the yeah. same time. Yeah, one person. One person, two Commedia dell'arte roles. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any good. Uh, I don't have any good restaurant uh, tips, but I have a good, couple of good recipe tips. I tried uh, to make focaccia yesterday. Does that count? Oh, it totally counts. How did it turn out? This is something I've tried to make it twice now. Oh my god! There's uh, one of the things. So I broke. I sort of broke my diet. I was feeling kind of bad, so I sort of went off. Mediating the diet broke the diet. I don't know. Trying to maintain, and one of the one of the things that one of my enemies, my biggest villain, and of course we hate what we love, mm-hmm. is the focaccia, sea salt and olive oil focaccia. Oh, yeah. at this place called Provadore, mm-hmm. Il Provadore, which is a, a kind of small grocery um, on Sandy Boulevard here in Portland, and the bakery has this focaccia, and it's cheap. You get a, you can get an eighth of a focaccia sheet for two fifty. And every bite is a trip to paradise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's 70, 72 virgins in every bite. It's so good. <laughs> and so I try. I thought, well, how hard can it be to make? It's just pizza dough, right? Pretty much. I, I've failed. I've made. I made a large cracker one day, <laughs> and then then something that was like play doh, like you could make a. Um, like a uh, maybe a hat out of or a, you know, <laughs> so terrible, and now I don't. I have, I have recipes. I, the internet can help, but I can't do it. So, if any of our friends have any idea on how to help me make focaccia, please direct those. All right, opinions. I think um, directly to me at edskoog at gmail dot com. If you'd like, <laughs> you can reply. To John, although he probably already knows because he seems to have some ideas. Our household focaccia. has a pretty good focaccia recipe uh, that is not at my fingertips right now, but I will have, I'll have my lady uh, get it to you. Okay, it'll be transmitted. She's the we both cook a lot, but I think she's the superior baker. Neither of us is much of a baker, but this focaccia is really good, and she's good at making it. Um, no, the things, the thing that um, uh, I made this the other night. It's very simple. I'm making it again tonight. It's extraordinarily delicious. And it's from, both of these recipes are from Smitten Kitchen, the, the website. Mm-hmm. Um, this is crispy rice and egg bowl with ginger scallion vinaigrette. You make this vinaigrette out of um, like rice vinegar and ginger and, and like uh, shaved carrots and 
um, tons of scallions. It's really more of a slurry, mm -hmm. a really thick slurry. And basically, this whole recipe is an excuse to put this on stuff. Um, and you, you have you ever done this before? You when you when you are making, say, a stir fry, you make a lot of extra rice and you keep it in the fridge so that it gets, you know, it gets even sort of stickier and harder and clumps together. And then you put a sort of neutral oil in a non-stick pan and you get it nice and hot. Uh, and then you fry the clump of rice. You just press it down into the bottom and you fry it so that it browns on one side and then you flip it. You're basically making a big old rice pancake. And then yeah. you crumble that into the bowl and then you can use it as a vehicle for other stuff. It's so good. So you make this slurry, you put some vegetables on there, and then you put a nice big old fried egg or two on top. Mm -hmm. Spectacular. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. Raw egg? Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Not a raw egg. No. Why are you saying that? Just trying to get it right. You want, If you want a raw egg on there, you can put one on there. It's weird you'd say that because I tweeted out this uh, recipe because I liked it so much. And someone immediately said, I don't like raw eggs. And I, I said, <laughs> that is not a raw egg. <laughs> It's like okay. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> the other thing is I don't uh, like uncooked rice. <laughs> well, it's cooked. It's I don't know. Show me the receipts. Uh, the other thing is cauliflower and parmesan cake, also on Smitten Kitchen, although it's a an adaptation of an Adelengi recipe. It's basically a big old. It's kind of in the in the sort of triangle of frittata and quiche and kugel. Uh, it's like a it's like an egg, an egg, uh, a pan full of eggs and cauliflower and cheese and onions. And kind it's, of granulated cauliflower, like like tiny chopped yeah, up. Not yeah. We, we Stephanie made it kind of coarsely. Um, but you could make it more granulated if you want. It's nice to get the chunks of some nice chunks of uh, cauliflower in there. Um, but these are both pretty easy recipes, and they're super good. I like cauliflower with a little curry. Cauliflower and curry, yeah. real nice. Hell yeah! Just kind of roasted, roasted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you in, are you in Philly? I'm sorry, it's in my head. You roasting in Philly? I had such a good time. I went and saw the Dead Milkmen the other you, night. You won't whiz with that, and uh, and it was great. It was a great show, and get to talk to you know, Dean and the other folks afterwards. And you know, we just don't get the Philly accent out here. No, we don't, we don't encounter it. Um, I guess one doesn't encounter it outside of Philadelphia, and maybe even inside of Philadelphia, you don't necessarily hear it. And it's so musical. It just gets, it gets, uh, it's infectious. Yeah. Did you ever see it's, the. It's a um, much better way of saying many of the vowels. Uh, have you ever. It, it's, it is a really distinctive accent. And the, have you, have you ever seen the, um, you know, the. Frozen. So, Frozen. Oh, oh, sorry about that. How about now? Good. Okay. Um, have you ever seen the, like, variety sketch comedy show, The Kroll Show? Sure, uh, and there's they have, there's a couple of sketches called Pawnsylvania, and it's about mm -hmm. two cousins. One has a pawn shop in Philly, and the other has a pawn shop in Pittsburgh. 
and mm. they do they like do the hell out of the accents. Um, but I'd never before heard people really go to town on Pennsylvania accents. Yeah, um, but Philly's is delightful. Is there a, a Lehigh Valley variant? It's a little. It's a little Philly. It's a little New York. Okay. Um, it's a, it's it's it lacks the. I guess it's. I guess it's. And it's, I guess it's more Jersey than anything else. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you? Did I complain to you about my, um, my frustrations with the Spider-Man video game? No. I was playing this. I was playing the Spider-Man video game on PS4. It was very fun. Lots of mm-hmm. swinging around, catching bad guys, and so on. Um, dimly aware the whole way through that what I'm really basically doing is. Um, strengthening the police state. It's like basically I oh, get yeah. little calls come over the radio for me to go <laughs> prosecute oh. with with rough justice some petty drug crimes. Oh, Spider Man <laughs> and Batman are are monstrous tools. Of, yeah, uh, the police state. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's yeah. very. It's They're ve- like tanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but then you get to this point in the game, and I this is where I gave up. I, I where you have to. Uh, this big emergency is happening. Um, uh, what's the big jail in New York? Rikers? Yeah, Rikers Island. Rikers. The, there's a prison break at Rikers, and all the bad guys get out of jail. And um, th- and they suddenly are transformed. I don't know how they get to Manhattan, but... They're in Manhattan and they are terrorizing Manhattan and they're like animals. They're like 80s New York Post super predators basically. They're like the they're like the the uh, Central Park 5 writ large, right? They're these symbols of par- of of white paranoia. And many of mm-hmm. them, if you look at completely you know, innocent. All of them are completely innocent. <laughs> well, no, I guess if you, I, if you yeah, dig no. into the code, you see. Many of them probably did commit crimes, but they they're, they're the idea that these monsters are overrunning New York and you have to put them down. And if you look at them, you can see many of them are men of color, except all of them, to a one, talk in like flatbush white working class accents. Like they're all their stock phrases are said in this like movie gangster voice. Yeah, kind of the Marvel, like Ben Grimm type. That mid-century Marvel yeah. talk. Yeah. And I feel like it's this – It's I suddenly realize it's this – Yancey wh- Avenue irregulars. This bad guy. It's the bad guy accent so that we don't yeah. have to think – it's the thing that – it's the accent that means this is a, this is a criminal, but it's yeah. a white-sounding criminal. So you Probably don't Italian. have to – Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to contemplate the, the yeah. political um, implications of what you're doing. Anyway, I didn't. I've moved on to a different violent video game. So, does Spider Man kill them? How no, much blood he, is on Spider Man's hands? Um, well, considering how much violence there is, it, one of the implausible things about it is they're all just being knocked out. Have you ever knocked, knocked a person out. out? Have you knocked a person out in your life? Because I have not. <laughs> no, so easy to do. My uh, well, this is this this came up. So, of uh, um, my my son, uh, one of his one of his friends has some uh, talks a lot about knocking people out, 
and had uh, um uh, and so Oscar was talking about knocking people out for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and his conception knock of knocking out. people out is 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 that it doesn't hurt. Oh. Wow. You get knocked out. Like you're counted out, like you're out. Like a knockout is like just out. You're like on the sidelines. Right. Counted out. You got tagged. You got tagged. Yeah. Instead of an actual like concussion. Like right. brain damage concussion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um I don't know how to feel about that misapprehension. Well, he's in first grade. Yeah. All right. You know. <laughs> you gotta rough him up a little bit. He's, Show him the way the world really works. Oh, he's got a lot of other things. There's a whole curriculum ahead. <laughs> a um, curriculum of, of life misery? Like, a, like information about, no, just about like numbers and math. Oh, and okay, history, good. And science and, um, And yeah. then how to subdue he's, an attacker. He's got a lot to learn, like literally. <laughs> he does. And there's, but don't be, don't worry, there's a whole program for it. Okay, okay, good. He's gonna, yeah. He's so, out right now. So the, so the, so the subduing an attacker unit is several Grades ahead is what you're saying. Sixth grade. Yeah. Okay. Sixth grade. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good. I played a Grateful Dead show the other night. A you, Grateful Dead set. Sure. On banjo, mandolin. It was part of my bluegrass group. Yes. And part of the uh, a local um, the Grateful Dead covering band, the Garcia Wait, birthday band. So did you... Um, did you combine your names into a clever, uh, a clever, uh, what's the word? Mont Blanc, Mont, uh, Montpelier. Portmanteau. Port, no, portmanteau uh, word. Portmanteau. We should have just called ourselves Portmanteau. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good band. It just does mashups. Yeah. yeah. Portmanteau. <laughs> uh, that sounds fun. Uh, they just called Dead Grass. Um, it was, it was, it was surprisingly fun. Also surprisingly difficult because there's a there's, there's there's a little bleed over of repertoire between bluegrass and and Grateful Dead stuff because Jerry Garcia also had a bluegrass band. Mm-hmm. What were they um, called? Uh, Olden in the Way, mm-hmm. with some of the great bluegrass players of the time: um, Peter Rowan, Vassar Clemens, um, others, uh, David Grisman. Uh, but this, so we did some of those, but we also did just some straight up Grateful Dead songs that are that have lots of chords mm-hmm. and little runs and little things that you're supposed to do. And um, I found it very hard to do on the banjo. Yeah, I bet. And then some people recorded it, so I was I was, I was looking listening to some of the recordings, and it was those were terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was not a it was not a success. From the audience's point of view, but I had a lot of fun standing up there and trying to play along. Sure, with these people who really knew what you've they been, were doing. You've been posting uh, little videos of yourself on Instagram playing uh, playing some new songs. I've been writing a bunch of new songs. I like them. Yeah, yeah, that's fun to write songs. You know, when they come. I've been trying to do these very very short uh, electronic numbers. Um keeping them to like a 90 seconds tops. Um, yeah. And uh, I had to take a break to work on a writing project, but um, I'll be back on it next week. Um, but yeah, it's nice to be, to try to be musically creative again, I must say. I think it's, if you do it, if you're used to doing it, you have to keep doing it. 
Yeah. I think it's the way it is for people who are athletic. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, they, like if they don't, like if they've trained a long time to play, if they used to play tennis a lot, they need to keep playing a little bit of tennis just for their brain to work, right? Yeah. You know, for me with music, like if I, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a hobby. Um, but if I don't do it often enough, I can't do my regular things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I'm in a bit of despair about that because I I feel like my interests are too broad and I am perpetually losing my edge in everything that I do, including writing, because of all the other things that I do. But I can't concentrate on one thing for very long. Um, I begin to get very antsy. Yeah. You tried coffee? <laughs> I have tried coffee. I, it's, coffee is successful. How about cigarettes? Mm. You ever been a cigarette smoker? I've never. Okay. I have, I've never seen you smoke a cigarette. I have smoked. I'm not a cigarette smoker. I've smoked a couple of joints in my life, and I smoked a spliff once, which I guess is half tobacco, half weed. Is that right? I'm not sure if that's true. That was the description that I was given by, actually, okay. it was for, it was Joey, okay. speaking of people in Philadelphia <laughs> who Jill's right. parents didn't visit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, those were uh, social aberrations. Nice yeah. times, but not not the kind of thing I like. But uh, so I I've never habitually smoked. No, me either. Neither. Yeah. But maybe it would help. <laughs> Got to be open to new things. It might. It might help. But I I dislike dislike smoking. I like drinking. How about, how about drinking whiskey during the day? Do you think that would help? <laughs> oh man. Boy, did I want to! Uh, <laughs> boy, did I want to yesterday? And here's why: I'm yeah. uh, um, I'm taking uh, taking uh, Oliver, my younger son, driving. Yeah, <laughs> and we're both very anxious fellows, and we're just freaking each other out. <laughs> so I've encouraged him. I'm gonna keep. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it at least once, maybe twice a week, all summer until he has his license. But I think I'm try. I'm hoping that his mother will do a few because I think she's a, of a calmer constitution than I. And uh, um, might do a better job not making him feel bad about every tiny mistake he makes because of her, because of her body language, as yeah, I no, think I, think I am were, doing. If you were, if you, if you next time you should you should do this very very drunk. <laughs> I think that would be really helpful. <laughs> I'm not even just like a little bit to take the edge off. I mean, like slurring your words, sure, and like unable to walk. Yeah, you know, like wetting yourself drunk. I think. Okay, okay. Because that would really take his mind off of, you know, like left turn signal, uh, <laughs> parallel parking. He'd be just like really freaked out and sad, and uh, and then he'd probably be able to drive well. I think you're he right. Be thinking about it. I mean, that's really the essence of Zen. <laughs> <laughs> is is your dad being a drunk? So you don't worry about anything else. Yeah, no, no, not not, not your dad not being like generally in the condition of a drunk, but being like very drunk right now, like in the moment. Like you hear a lot in Zen talk about like being in the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's what it means. Like in the moment in which your caregiver, like the figure, like your role model, is like uh, uh, disoriented <laughs> voluntarily. <laughs> Bud Light. 
Oh. Well, he'll he'll figure it out, and we'll both survive. See, he's he, he the, we're haunted because the last time we drove together, a lo- quite a long time ago, like a year ago, he crashed my car into a tree. Right, and he it was not a big deal. Um, it, I mean, it left a dent in the door, but it was no, it wasn't the kind of damage that necessitated a costly repair, unless you care right. about a dent in the door. Not really a crash. It was a, well, a crash or a running into. I would I I would call it a a, a, a an alarming but ultimately uh, unimportant incident. Would it have given Holly Hunter an orgasm? No. In the David Cronenberg <laughs> film Crash. No, it would not have. <laughs> or the J.G. Ballard novel. It's the the uh, the Holly Hunter orgasm standard was not met. Okay, so, so more of a running into. Yeah, more of a running into, um, but still traumatic. And I was, you know, it was we were very upset at the moment. I wasn't like angry. Um, I mostly instantly felt bad for him because I knew he would feel very guilty about it. But I think he's got that in his head, and I have to admit, I kind of have it in my head as well. I have it being in his head, in my head, and so mm. I'm anxious. Not that he's going to damage the car but that he's worried how i might react to the possibility that he's he would damage the car and so we're just in this state of sort of like amiable um tension is uh, his college campus is it all like easily pedestrian like does he need to will he need to drive there at some point or is it he, mostly a matter of he gets around skill? he can get around campus by walking but he you have to like take the bus into town if you want to do anything or go to the mm-hmm. you know go to the shopping center or what have you mm-hmm. uh but uh um i don't th- i don't know if he's planning on yeah he's planning on buying a car and maybe he will take it to college with him i'm not sure how many students are allowed to have cars but that, mm-hmm. that bridge, will, bridge will be crossed I'm proud of the boy. He's he is very he's become very independent. He's gotten a job at the pizza joint. He's gotten the job at the pizza joint owned by the Moroccan guy who also owns the Moroccan place and he keeps sending Oliver to wash the dishes at the Moroccan place. But that's not the job Oliver applied for. So he's a little miffed, but he doesn't want to tell his boss, who is a nice guy. He doesn't want to let his boss down. Yeah. I don't know why I'm sharing all my my son's agonies with you. Mm. Are the restaurants right next door to each other? They're I mean, is it, uh, right is across, it like across the, town. Across the right across the commons from each other. So they're. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that that noise means. I mean, if it's it would be a hardship if they were like very different, very far away from each other. But if they're next to each other, it's the same company, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not yeah. a. It's not a hardship in the sense that it's causing any inconvenience. It's just that he he likes to be at the pizza counter, you know, handing pieces of pizza to pretty girls. Oh yeah, yeah. Not no, like not like being in the yeah. in the back in the back with, with the labor with wrinkled hands and the steam. Yeah. Uh, I loved washing dishes, though. I washed dishes. I, that's what I said. Best it's job like, I ever had. Oh, they leave yeah. you alone. Oh. Touch you. Your body keeps yeah. busy. Your mind can be calm. Yeah. It's good. Listen to the radio. Yep. He is actually allowed yeah. to have earbuds in when he's so he can like listen to you know what he did. 
he, he listened to this podcast. He ripped a copy. No, he sadly he ripped a copy of Dale Carnegie's "How to Win Friends and Influence People" from the library onto his uh, onto his phone, <laughs> and he's listening to that. He's <laughs> he's listening to Dale Carnegie while washing dishes at the Moroccan place, rubbing some zatar off of a <laughs> oblong plate. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. good times. Uh, we should wrap this up, but I did want to say um, a Twitter friend of mine, Alyssa Harad, um, H-A-R-A-D, she has a book called um, Coming to My Senses. It's a memoir about how she got into perfume um, and also about how she ended up getting married, something she thought she might not do. Um, and it's very charming, really interesting, nerdy details about the – she's really good at describing – um, smells, um, describing anything, but, uh, she describes the differences among different perfumes and why they have the effect they do on people. And, um, it's really ner- oh, nerdily I'd like delightful. To, I'd like to read that. I'm, I, uh, I'm, there are certain perfume scents that beguile me yeah. in a way that, that is near paralysis. Wow. Uh, vetiver in particular. Yeah, that's one of the big one of the big three scents, according to her. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to know more about it because I don't fully understand what it's doing to me. Yeah, how it's interacting with the brain. Yeah. Many I'll other check it out. Many book recommendations besides Ben's book. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hello, um, can I call you back? I'm uh, is it podcasting. <laughs> no, that's all right. Bye. You never know if it's an emergency. No, of course. Got to answer the phone. I got no, I, right I, but I'll tell you this about books: is I sold, I probably sold, I probably got rid of 500 books in the last couple of months. Oh yeah, yeah. I took I took I took some down to Powell's, mm-hmm. um, because I knew that they would give they would give me a pretty good price for them, and I wanted to get some gift cards for some students that I oh, had. Oh, great! And then I once you start getting rid of some books, like especially if you like, I'm I never get rid of books. Yeah. Once you start get, getting rid of a couple, suddenly you start looking at your bookshelf differently. Yeah. Like oh, I don't need that entire category of book. Oh, believe me, I've been there. Yeah. And so I took a, a, a whole bunch of books down to uh, Mother Foucault's, where I am hanging out all the time anyway. Yeah. And I never sold books to my friend Craig there, and he uh, he took most of them. And uh, I just wanted store credit, and so I traded <laughs> a lot of books for the five-volume uh, The English and Scottish Popular Ballads, uh, The Child Ballad uh uh, volumes okay. just called the child ballads which published whenever 100 years ago probably mm-hmm. um which just categorize and give history to a lot of the old ballads yeah and then variants of them so it's basically a book of more of a book of folklore than it is of music um and I've always wanted it, and, and now? it was kind of expensive. 
Um, and these are nice copies of them. And now I have them instead of 500 books that I was never going to look at again anyway. Mm-hmm. I have some, so I'm, I'm doing this. I'm getting rid of a bunch of the books that I just have around that I don't really want or need or s- sort of want but can live without in favor of like a maybe a 10 to 1 exchange for a few books that I've always wanted to have but felt like I didn't have room for mm-hmm. uh, in my head or on the shelf. I approve of this. I um, I think the books are ubiquitous and always available. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have access to a couple of good libraries and um, e- there's always eBooks uh, that don't take up any space. And for mm-hmm. me, like the physical books, though I adore them, they've become sort of like, this is a special object that I want to get to see in my house um, yeah. and pick up from time to time. But uh, if it's something I just, if I just want to read a book, I can just go borrow a yeah. book or buy a book, a book, an e-book. Go to the doctor's office. Yeah. Read Good House. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Little highlights like for children. Yeah. Here's a pile of words for you. Here's a bunch of words. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So no particular recommendations on on books, but a general um, perspective on on book having. Yeah, there you go. But also those child ballads, um, they're real cool. Probably not in print. It's probably in print in some form. Uh, yeah, there seems to be. There's a there's a nice free there's a free Kindle edition. Sure, for there is. people who want them. Yeah, where's the hardcover? There we go. Volume one. I'll, I'll link to it. Um, yeah, they're out there. They're out there. Mm. All right. Well, enjoy your ballads, and enjoy your vetiver and your um, your impending gusher of ants. What kind of ants again? Sweat ants. Sugar sweet, ants. Sweet ants. Oh, sugar ants. Sugar ants. No, let's not talk about the sweat ants. <laughs> All right, Eddie. Take care, scribbles. Have a good one. Are you hungry for lunch? Well then let's have lunch Do you want some lunch? Well then we'll give you some lunch Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with John. That's right, it's time for lunch Box